Captain's Log, the podcast devoted to discussions and insights into pop culture with an emphasis on the supernatural, occult, and the all-around strange happenings of our world. Our mission? To boldly entertain like no one has before. Stardate 0309-2020. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Captain's Log. I'm your host, Jose Valle Jr., joined by first mate and new co-host, Mason Schrader. Mason, you're back, and for good, unfortunately. How are you feeling? Oh, God, I thought I had to burp, but I didn't. <laughs> you ever have that? Yep. Yep, I, I get I it. really thought I was going to burp, and then I didn't. Oh, that was bad. I'm okay, other than that, I guess. Um, I, yeah. I don't know. How are you? Um, in a, in a word, in one word. Oh God. Okay. Ah, jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we go any further, I'd like to thank everyone uh, that's listened to the previous episode. We have received an overwhelming amount of support, and we are very thankful for that. Thanks, mom. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Austin. So thank you to all our listeners, Mason's mom and brother, my mom and Mason's uh, dad and uh, brother. Hopefully. I don't know if my dad actually listened to it. He never said. Well. Hopefully he did. Damn it. And of course you, the random person in Ohio who downloaded to see if we had anything good to say about your state. Sorry to disappoint, mate. Um, you should have known better. Of course we don't. Now, Mason, are you ready to dive into the second half of our exploration to urban legends of the Midwest as part of our ongoing series, Unsolved U.S., where we explore the most interesting urban legends from the various regions of the United States? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're doing my state this time. Yes. I'm actually really Nebraska. excited. Nebraska. No. <laughs> ah, you know it. Mm. Okay, we're going to get into the Iowa-Nebraska yes, thing at some I'm point so excited for it. episode. Sweet. Well, let's get into some housekeeping items. Uh, let's get some of the housekeeping items out of the way first, all right? So the region we've defined as the Midwest, again, consists of the following states. North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, Ohio, <laughs> Ohio <laughs> Indiana, Illinois, Missouri. Ohio. Yes. Kansas, Nebraska, and finally, Iowa. And today, we will be looking at the second half of this list, which consists of Indiana, Illinois, Missouri, Kansas, Nebraska, and Iowa. Yeah. Now that now that you know that, you are ready for the episode to begin. So, oh, also, heads up, uh, we will not be doing the um, Check This Out segment for this episode. Um, it just feels like it doesn't belong, but also because of time. Uh, so I don't know. Back off. Why don't you get off my fucking back? If okay? you feel Jesus, if you really feel like you, if you really want it, if you miss it, uh, you can send us an email. Or something yeah, fucking we'll, we'll please. It. We want to hear from you. Yeah, this is the one time it. ever in your life that anyone is going to tell you that they want to listen to you. All right. God, we do not have a fan base that <laughs> wants to be berated yet. Jesus Christ. I think you got to start them early. No, I'm on your guys' side until I do a 180 face or uh, yeah, face to heel turn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> WWE style. Uh, that, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. All right. So we will be taking a look at three urban legends from each of the states. When picking the legends on the list, we took into consideration which had the most details and weren't completely shit. So if your favorite legend didn't make it on this list. Get better, favorite legend. Yeah. <laughs> it should be mentioned that some of these stories have a lot of substance and are more detailed, while others are much, much shorter. Um, this wasn't done on purpose. Uh, it's not like we hate you, Nebraska. It was just a I matter do. of the material that was found on it. <laughs> Are you ready, Mason? I'm ready. All right, then let's begin with the first state on our list, Indiana. At the top of Indiana, near Lake Michigan, is Indiana Dunes State Park. The rolling sands make this an ideal destination for any Hoosiers looking to relax and unwind during the summer. It is also the ideal location to catch a glimpse of the ghostly specter of a woman, nicknamed Diana of the Dunes. Oh, Princess Di. Yes. Yes, it, this is her. <laughs> this is the story of when she visited Indiana. No, this is after she died and her ghost just went over <laughs> Yeah, for Indiana. some reason. Yeah. You know what? I wouldn't put it past Indiana to be like, yeah, Princess Diana. Her she ghost helped. is here. Her ghost is here. Yeah, no, her, no. I, well, that's what all these are. They're yeah. just like, someone died six miles that yeah, this way is and just now like their the- ghost is... <laughs> 
here. What was it? What was it? The uh, the the white late lady of uh, yeah, whatever the lane. Dakotas. Yeah, yeah. Since the 1920s to present day, people have reported seeing the ghostly figure of a young woman skinny dipping in the waters or floating along the shoreline before disappearing into thin air. Nice, naughty. <laughs> the first recorded sighting occurred in 1916 when fishermen began to report sightings of this ghostly woman. But the person they were seeing was not a ghost, but the very much still alive at that point, Alice Mabel Gray. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> so, okay. So they didn't... Re- they, okay, how did that get confirmed? At what point were the go- the sailors were like, ah, there's a ghost over there. And then they're like, no, that's just Alice. You'll find out. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, after the sighting... After the sightings reports begin to circulate of a young, attractive woman running around naked... Uh, around oh the shore of Southern Lake Michigan. What? Jesus Christ. What? <laughs> this story. Right? Oh, my God. And this is an incels fantasy here. It's just like... I Actually, I went onto my Reddit group to uh, get the story. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> In 1960, <laughs> it was just one woman dared to skinny dip, and now there's an entire <laughs> legend. Yep. There's an entire legend built around the fact that yeah. one lady decided to skinny dip. Yeah, pretty much. Jesus Christ. But when residents went to investigate the, re- the reports of this woman they had dubbed Diana of the Dunes, they found a 34-year-old Chicago woman who chose to leave city life in favor of the simple hermit life along the shores of Lake Michigan. Hi. <laughs> I just imagine that's what yeah, she that, said. <laughs> they all show up, these very horny men. It just like pitchforks and yeah, axes. Yeah. And, they're, and she's like, hi. Hey. And they're like. Oh, we well, thought you were a ghost. Show us your boobs. No. Ah. Bye. Okay. Okay. Do you guys want to go get a drink after this? I'm going to take my top off now. Wait, what? No, go away. Ah, man. And although she lived in a driftwood shack, Diana... What? This is real? Yeah, this is actual real. Sorry, this is real life. She lived in a driftwood shack? Mm Mm-hmm. Have you yeah. seen Driftwood? Yes. It doesn't protect you from anything. Correct. It's really soft. I'm agreeing with you. Why is that a thing? I don't know. And this is true. Yes. God. <laughs> okay. Diana, as they called her, was not entirely reclusive. She was an educated and free spirit. Born in 1881 to a Chicago doctor and his wife, Gray earned a bachelor degree from the University of Chicago in 1903 before working at the U.S. Naval Observatory. She would go on to leave this job to become a graduate student. She grew tired with city life, which she felt stifled the empowerment of women, and would go on to settle in the undeveloped dunes of Indiana. Okay, she's kind of my hero. Uh, she's pretty fucking awesome. Do you know how badly I've always just wanted to be like, I'm going to go live in yeah. the woods? I, as I was researching this, I was like, God, I, I knew you would like her. Yeah, okay. I'm so sick of everything you think i could just we like, were just having this conversation yes we could just go into the woods and do nothing for the rest if of I, just live in the woods if i could amazing. just chill for life yeah. i would be happy right, right she would live off of fish and berries and spend her time reading and writing and shitting herself from a diet of only <laughs> fish and berries but yeah yes. okay she would soon become a local celebrity as the press became fascinated with her life oh my god what she was just some fucking woman living out there and they I were know, like whoa the 20s, why the 20s are so stupid and would be an advocate of preserving the dunes for industrial development. From, not for. Okay, it was like, whoa, that seems like a 180. (laughs) Yeah. She would later find romance with a troubled grifter by the name of Paul Wilson. I'm sorry, this is a book? (laughs) Or a movie? Yeah, this is a John Green book. (laughs) Okay, so the wilderness lady who lived in the driftwood Mm -hmm. shack fell in love with the troubled grifter Paul Wilson? Yes. He's a bit of an asshole, we'll find out. Who played Paul Wilson? Uh, Patrick Wilson. (laughs) He would, wouldn't he? Nah. I love Patrick Wilson. You have a weird thing against him. I Okay, Jesus. Love you, love him. I think he's fun. He's fine. Okay. Wilson was a temperamental hothead who it seems regularly... This is Paul Wilson, not Patrick Wilson. (laughs) Wilson was a temperamental (laughs) hothead who it seems regularly physically abused Gray. One day, the mysterious Wilson became the suspect of a murder... When the badly burned and uh, mutilated body of a man wound up near their shack. He would go on to be cleared of charges and father two daughters with Gray. Yeah, I'm going to let you. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So so he was suspected of murder mm-hmm. after a burned and mutilated body showed up. I'm. It didn't. I don't remember how far away it was from their shack, but I imagine it was like five feet from their shack. Well, I like to yeah, imagine it but was. Like also, I mean, I feel like the dunes are probably a normal dumping ground for bodies. Yeah, I, I would just want to know so. what their other evidence was that it was this troubled grifter. 
He was an asshole. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I'm not saying he wasn't an asshole. I just think, like, I don't really know what, uh, what get, evidence Yeah, they I had. get what you're saying. And then in 1925, Gray's life would be cut short by uh, uremic poisoning, or damaged kidneys, which seems to have been brought on by repeated punches to the abdomen by Wilson. Oh, shit. Again, an asshole. Yeah, that's not good. <clears throat> hey, I'm going to go on the record and say that's bad. Uh, you can quote me on this. I'm not a fan of Wilson. Yeah. And you can quote me on that. I'm not a fan of murder by abdominal punches <laughs> yeah, right? in general. Um, Wilson would disappear after this and leave their two daughters to be taken into state care. And perhaps... They couldn't just live in the woods? I guess not. Like, I guess they had an issue with kids living in the woods. Well, mom did it. Yeah. They probably grew up and went back to the woods, right? I, I hope. That's what the people of the forest do. Yes. That's what I'm going to do in like a year. I know. Yeah. Uh, and perhaps it is because of this tragic ending to a fascinating woman's life that she has been reported to have become another lady in white spirit, who can still be seen from time to time enjoying the beaches that she had justified in her living life by saying, I want to live my own life, a free life. And it seems that's what she's doing as she freely haunts the beaches of Southern Lake Michigan. Yeah, that was her quote for her, like, explaining why she was out there. Oh, I like that's good. I know, it's like, hi, Sh- show us your boobs. Okay. Yeah! (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) It seems that every state has a creepy story involving a bridge that usually revolve around a tragedy. Well, Indiana has one of those bridges, with a very unique and creative legend. And that is where the story of Dogface Bridge comes in. Cool. (laughs) Great name. There's a dog in the bridge. If you look at it, it looks like a dog. It's even sillier than that. Listen to this. Good. One version of the legend says that in the 1950s, a recently married couple was en route to their honeymoon, crossing the bridge located in San Pierre, when suddenly a dog came. I think it's Pierre. No, I looked it up and they, uh, they, uh, this, <laughs> I'm, it, you know what? Whatever. We'll let oh, the Jesus. Indianians decide. The, okay. All right. Yeah, okay. Well, they were coming across the bridge located in San Piera when suddenly a dog darted across the road. The groom swerved to avoid hitting it. This sent the couple and reportedly the dog over the bridge. Wow, so that's a big fail. Yeah. You didn't even save... The, I mean, listen, if they had died but the dog had saved, like lived, like, yeah. okay, mission success, I guess. Right. But he still hit the dog and killed themselves? You could have just... Listen, I love dogs, but I would have just... I mean, at that point, if you're on a bridge, don't swerve. Just hit the dog, right? When when a raccoon crossed in front of me, I hit the brakes. I didn't swerve because I was like, I'm not dying over this raccoon. Right. Yeah, that's a good yeah. idea. I guess. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, killing all of those involved and decapitating the bride. It was said that the woman's body and the dog's head were never recovered. No. Not- shut up. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Okay. What? You know where this is going. Not long after, authorities began to receive reports of sightings of a woman with a dog's head on her body. Nice. Yeah, pretty fucking sick. The legend says that if you walk upon the bridge, that this dog-headed woman will chase you, and if she catches up to you, will devour you. I mean, it's just a dog head. She's hungies. It's not a wolf. She's hungies. I mean, listen, I don't... What kind of dog was it? A wolf dog. No, shut up. What kind of... <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't say. It? It no doesn't one specify. knows. I didn't ask. Okay, well, but yeah, but what I'm saying is like, listen... There's a... I feel like most dogs couldn't eat me. I think most dogs could eat me. I, it's it's that whole... I mean, alive, cat, if you die, your cat will fucking no, 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 eat you. Is, it's the is, same thing with dogs. Yeah, but you're dumb because that's not what this is. This dogs is not, are carnivores. This is not a dog coming up across a dead I'm body. I'm not saying it's going to devour you whole. I'm saying it no, will eat you. No, but it has to you. catch you and... I don't think it would... Dogs die. are fucking fast. I, I agree with it being able to catch me, but I think I could kill most dogs with my bare hands. Most of them. Not some of the I, bigger ones, obviously, but like, I don't know. I think know. a chihuahua could golden, take you down. I think golden retriever down, I could probably win. Mm, I disagree. Okay. Well, why? I'm just bigger than a dog. That does, that's not, If I you mean, get bit by a barely. dog. Barely. What you do is you get your You're hand bit by bigger. the dog. If you, you, what you do is when your, your hand gets bit by a dog, right. you grab the bottom jaw because then it can't bite you anymore. And then you just grab it with the other hand and just snap its neck. Jesus Christ. The dog's trying to kill me. I could snap this ghost's neck in an instant. Okay. And reportedly throughout the years, multiple bodies have been found out there. Victims of the dog-headed woman. Wouldn't she be dead by now? When you get a dog head on your body, you become immortal. 
Yeah, but like even if you're dog years or human years, no, no, no. It's just it's just a rule of law. You know why that? You know why she chases you? Yeah, it's trying to get to the bones inside you. (laughs) Yes, good, good, good one, Mason. However, no proof exists of this, but but believers in the myth point to the lack of evidence being the work of the woman at Dogface Bridge. Yeah, because she eats the bones. Yes. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Because <laughs> everyone knows. Yeah. Because they love bones. Doggies love bones. They She's do. a, is she a good boy or is she a good girl? Well, you said she. You said, is she a oh, good wait, boy no, or wait. a good girl? I, I feel like there was a joke there between a human and a, <laughs> is she a good girl or is she a, no, wait. Oh, Damn that was it. about to get weird. <laughs> I think it's, uh, I think, uh, you know, there's no evidence because obviously after chewing on the bones, they they bury it. It buries them. <laughs> you having a lot of fun with this one? It's <laughs> All right. I mean, obviously she doesn't have to kill that many people. There's 200 bones per person. I mean, if she's immortal, that's like, how many bones does a dog go through? Like six and two months? What do you want from me? What do you want me to say? I want the math. I do don't the, know the math. Do the research. I don't Jose. know. People have questions and you're not giving them answers. I'm sorry, okay? Gosh. There is an underwater terror that is reported to reside in the Ohio River near Evansville, Indiana, whose single appearance has managed to strike fear into the hearts of anyone who has ever gone swimming in the once peaceful waters of the river. This is the story of the Green Clawed Beast. It could be a bad name. I was I just got distracted by the fact that it kind of sounds like Jean-Claude Van Damme. The oh, Green yeah. Cla- yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, cut that out. <laughs> don't, don't, don't use that. <laughs> Now I'm going to leave it in. On August 21st, 1955, Mrs. Darwin Johnson had a terrifying encounter with what she claims was a hideous creature lurking underneath the surface of the Ohio River. While enjoying a swim with her friend, Mrs. Chris Lamble, that was her friend's name, Mrs. Johnson claims that she was suddenly clutched around the knee by a large, hairy, claw-like hand. A hairy hand? Yeah. Alright, well this is already bullshit because you know... No, no hairy creatures are water creatures. They got, they got scales and slime. I'm a water creature and I'm pretty hairy. You're not even that hairy. I'm, I've got hairy Did you legs. Just drum sound yourself? No, that was the, that was that our producer. That wasn't even a Jim. joke. You didn't even make it. You just said I'm pretty hairy, and then did the like that's Mason, a joke. We are in a room full of audio professionals. Why do you act like it's just me and you? That was the, the intern. Okay, so he did it. You, you you were the one who did that noise, right? Uh, yeah, that was me. Clearly you that said that. Only 15 feet from the shore, Mrs. Johnson struggled to break free, while her friend, Mrs. Lamble, could only watch in terror as her friend was continuously pulled underwater. I mean, she could have done more than that. Oh, I know. I know. She, she was helped. a real shit friend. All she could do you. was stand. Oh, no, my friend. This is taking like 15 oh, you minutes. Should, you should have drowned by now. Ah, help. Help. Help! Oh, help! 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 Oh, it's got my. Uh, do you help, need. Help! Are you, I need help! Help! Oh, no, I can't do anything! Help! Help me! Help! Help! Did you just slap my hand? Nope, that help. was the beast! Grab my hand! No, stop! You're pushing! Stop! Help! I need help! <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Johnson somehow managed to break free only to be pulled under once more. Oh, my more. God! I got that! I've got my AirPods in. I can't. Oh, no. Mrs. Lamble's got an AirPods in. She can't hear her. Mrs. Lamble's shrieks echoed down the river as she helplessly watched her friend be attacked by an unseen monster. After resurfacing a second time, Mrs. Johnson. Oh, my God. Help. Lunged Jesus for Mrs. Christ. Lamble. Help me. Fuck. Help me. God. She lunged for Mrs. Lamble's Thank inner you, tube. God. And the splash seems to have scared the creature away. Why the fuck couldn't you have done that earlier? Oh, I was so scared. I was. I was you paralyzed had, by fear. I broke free twice. <laughs> I was the sa- I just eaten, so I couldn't go back under the water. What the Cause fuck? Because of cramp. Fuck you. Oops. Uh, when she was back on the shore, she was treated for multiple contusions on her leg. It was then discovered that she had a stain on her of bluish hue. It should be pointed out that when tests were run on the stain, it came back as mud found in the underwater caverns of the Ohio River. Interesting. Yeah. An interesting footnote to this case is that in the days after the encounter, Fortean investigator Terry Colin Terry Colvin claims that the Johnsons were visited by a mysterious man who claimed to be an Air Force colonel. This 
Colonel, took extensive notes about Mrs. Johnson's encounter and encouraged the couple to speak no more about the incident. I'm sorry, ma'am. So you, uh, I hear you may have got an encounter with a with a creature in the in the water. Oh yes, it was horrifying. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, how about how big was the creature? Oh, I don't know. I was just so scared because it kept trying to kill me. All right. Pull me underwater. Right. And uh, how would you describe its hands? What? Yeah, um, they... I think they were like claw, like kind of hairy. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. All right. All right, Miss Johnson. I, uh, I need you to go ahead and shut the fuck up about this. <laughs> okay? Uh, don't tell anybody. Oh. Yeah. Okay, don't. No, sh- stop but, making that noise. But. No. But. Shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> okay. Where's your husband? Hi, honey, I'm home. Hey, Whoa, who's hey, this man? Hey, get in here. Oh, do I know you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Colonel Fakenham. Huh? I'm Colonel Fakenham. Did you just say your name is Colonel Fakenham? No. All right. Uh, listen, my, I'm a colonel, so why don't you show me some respect? Right. Sorry. Right. All right. What, how can we help you, Colonel? You, you heard about your wife's... Yes. It right. was terrifying. Yeah. You gonna tell anybody about it? I've told everybody down to the plant. Okay. Well, I'm gonna murder you if Wait, you tell what? anybody about it. Oh. Don't tell anybody else. Oh, buttercups and biscuits. Yeah. I'm gonna fucking murder you. If you oh tell Jesus about it. Christ! Yeah, so shut the fuck up about it. Okay, God. Okay. Damn. All right. Fuck. Have a good evening. Thank you. Goodbye. You too. All right. Hey, hey! Shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> and an interesting fact that should be mentioned is that Mrs. Johnson's encounter took place on the exact same date as one of the most interesting and bizarre encounters in the annals of UFOlogy. the Kelly Hopkinsville Goblin case, which we'll talk about when we get to Kentucky because it is fascinating. You ever heard of it? The annals. God damn it. The annals. <laughs> the annals. It's pronounced annals. <laughs> you said annals. Hey guys, it's Jose here with a quick ad break. Did you know that a recent Pew study found that 27% of adults say they haven't read a single book in the past year? Shh, get out of here. What? Yes. Do you know the main reason, uh, Mason? No one taught me? Time. Oh. That's, wait a second, different, you know what, we'll have that discussion later. Devoting time to reading a book can be hard, especially when you lead a busy life and are always on the move, which sucks because it means you could be missing out on on experiencing really great stories, which is where Audible comes in, right? So Audible boasts a collection of thousands of audiobooks, and the thing that Audible offers busy people who don't have time to sit down and read a book is found time which is the ability to listen to a great audiobook when you're on the move, while commuting, cooking, exercising, gardening, or hunting down the nation's best urban legends. What if I'm like, what if I do this thing where I only put on, wear underwear, and then I get on a skateboard on my belly in my apartment, and I like crawl around like a lizard? Then you can play it on, on a speaker while you're doing that. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and right now, you can get a 30-day free trial by going to audibletrial.com slash captainslog or by clicking the link in the show notes. Like I mentioned, I'm currently listening to Horns by Joe Hill and narrated by Fred Berman after uh, Mason's recommendation last episode. And I gotta say, I'm enjoying every second of it. It is brilliantly written, uh, and the narration is great, because the guy who narrates it, he's not too boring, and he's not like too over the top with voices, but it's a phenomenal book. The uh, last thing I used Audible for was an anthology of H.P. Lovecraft books. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really interesting. If, but if audiobooks aren't your thing, they also have a huge collection of podcasts, guided wellness programs, theatrical performances, A-list comedy, and exclusive Audible originals you won't find and find anywhere else. So, honestly, what reason do you have for not giving Audible a try? None. Right. So go get started on your 30-day trial now by going to audibletrial.com slash captainslog, or by again clicking the link in the show notes, and you'll be helping us out while helping yourself out. So go get started now and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Okay, I'm going. No, Mason, we still have to do the show. How is he gone? (laughs) And now we head to the land of Lincoln, Illinois. The legend of the whole house is well known to the residents of Chicago. There are two well-known versions of this story, one for the Catholics and one for the Jews. (laughs) Jesus Christ. And one for the, God, how does that song go? One for the girls and one for the... Doesn't matter. God, I messed it up. (laughs) The Catholic version goes as follows. A deeply devout Catholic woman was hanging a picture of the Virgin Mary in her home when suddenly her atheist husband tore it down. Whoa. I know. This sounds like you. 
Whoa, wait, what? I you're evil. You're the you're I the devil. I don't pull crosses off of things. Remember how like I was hanging up a picture of Jesus in my room, and then you burst through and you tore it down. Yeah, but there <laughs> there was that time that you were hanging up a cross, and I didn't tear it down. I just went like whoop and you flipped moved it, it upside I down. Flipped it upside and down. then you made you spent twenty minutes telling me how all crosses are technically upside down crosses. Well, they are. We're not gonna get into. You're that. an idiot. Saying that he would rather have the devil himself take residence in their home than have the picture on the wall. And several months later, the woman gave birth to a deformed and terrifying child with hooves, claws, a tail, and pointed ears. The shock was too much for her to bear and she passed away. And then the husband left the child on the doorstep of the whole house. Okay. Stop. Yep. Okay, so Catholic woman. Right. Loves Virgin Mary, wants to put up a picture. Puts up a picture of her. Husband's like, no! And rips it down. You take that shit down. Right. I'd rather have the devil live in this house than that woman. Okay. I don't like virgins. Okay. And then that was it for months. And, and then, then she gave birth to the devil. Is it the devil? It's a devil. And this is called the whole house? The devil of whole house. The whole house was the place where it was left at. It's a whole H U L L. Yeah, because it was like that. Those that was the people who who founded that house. Okay, her so last name Hull. all I can imagine. Hill House is that what you're saying? No, what? all I can imagine is um uh, the sitcom uh, opening of Full House. Uh. Only instead of the characters of Full House, it's like the dead corpse of yeah. the mom, yeah. the atheist dad ripping off pictures of the Virgin Mary, <laughs> and then just the little Everywhere devil there. You look. look. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh yeah no that's great um yeah uh the other version concerns a man who was the father of six little girls who enraged by the fact that he had no son cried out saying that he would rather his wife give birth to the devil himself than to have another daughter and well you know what they say about being careful what you wish for he had a he had a little devil baby hey hey mom hey dad oh my god i'm your little devil baby Oh, gee, how could this have happened? Well, do you remember when you said that you'd rather have a devil than a girl? Ah, but I was like, metaphorically speaking, Well, you know? you're, you're an idiot, because I'm ah, a devil, baby. Damn it. Ah, 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 oh, no, he's doing that obscene ah, thing with his tongue. I'm doing that thing where I turn my head around and all the way. Ah. Ah. Also, this is kind of just Hellboy. Yeah, kind of. Also, I'm pretty sure this is the same story as the Jersey, the New Jersey it's devil. Pretty, it's pretty close to the Jersey devil. Well, yeah. it didn't fly up out the chimney when it was yeah. done, but yeah. From here, the stories seem to converge with the child being taken into the care of the whole house. Everywhere. <laughs> the child was said to be a handful and incredibly blasphemous, oh. with the ability to spit profanities despite only being a couple of months old. Oh my goodness, this literal devil baby's Hey, fuck you! <laughs> fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Oh. Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! <laughs> Who could have imagined this literal devil hey, was going to uh, be so Earlier much... when I was saying fuck you, yeah. I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean it. That's, oh, thank Just you. getting it shit, no, bitch! <laughs> so it is said that Jane Adams, the head of the whole house, took the child Never. to be baptized <laughs> in order to soothe its demonic afflictions. But this did not go according to plan, and the child escaped the clutches of the priest at the edge of the water and skipped <laughs> down the pews. <laughs> <laughs> it skipped down the pew. Uh, this is actually really funny because this is literally just what happened when I got baptized. <laughs> I wasn't—I mean, it wasn't a devil, and I wasn't spewing profanities, but they tried to dip me, and I squeezed out and skipped down the. And he started doing a little dance number. <laughs> yeah, like a cartoon. The child was then locked in the attic of the whole house, where it would die at a young age. Yeah, because they locked a baby in an attic. <laughs> yeah, right. This is a devil baby. What should we do with it? Ah, lock it in the attic. Just leave it. Hey, I just like the idea of they're like. It's like, yeah, fuck you, I'll, I'll kill you, I'll, I'll fuck you. And they just lock in the door, just like, you Just constantly. And then one, and then, then one day it just stopped. They're like, it got, it got quieter and quieter. Oh, shit. So slowly that they didn't even notice it was getting yeah. quieter until one day they're like, hey, hey Jane, hey, have you, you haven't heard the demon baby in a while, have you? Hmm. No. Should we should we check on it? I mean, there was that one time that we thought it was quiet, and then we checked on it, and then it just immediately tried to rip your eyes out when we yeah. opened the door. Nah, let's just leave it. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. I mean, yeah. it's a demon. Fuck, fuck them demons. Hey, you said it, sister. 
And then that was the first recorded time that someone, someone said sister, yeah, yeah. In, but for slang. Yeah, but people still report being able to see the face of the devil in the upper windows of the house, which now stands as a museum. It should be noted that Jane Addams herself wrote an article in The Atlantic debunking the myth and offering her explanation for its popularity. Also, this story is reportedly the basis for the film Rosemary's Baby. Okay, but what was her... What? So, was there a baby? No, 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 no. So, basically, the way this legend originated was one day, literally, someone just started saying it, and then these three... The first time she heard about it, Jane Addams, who was, like, the head of this... Of this um, the whole house was like a place for like orphans and, and immigrants and stuff to come and find like. Uh, it was like a halfway it's like house. A sh- kind yes, of yeah. Thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So one day these three Italian women just show up on their porch step because it was a mainly like Italian community. Sure. They show up on their porch porch step and they're like, we need to see the, the devil baby. And she's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? And they're like, yeah, the devil the baby. The devil baby, lady. Let us see the devil baby. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Let me see it. And then when. And so in her explanation, she goes on to talk about how basically she just thinks it was like a cautionary thing. Where it was like uh, something that was spread among the communities to be like, you got to love God. Because if you don't love God, this is what's going to happen. There's a devil, baby. Let us see it. No, I mean, there's... Little, I mean, there's... Little Timmy, he's kind of he's a kind dick. kind of a dick, but... But... Let hey. me see the devil, baby! Hey, Jane. What? Fuck you! Ah! <laughs> God, I hate that kid. I mean, he's like 10, so I get it, but it's annoying to say the least. Look at me, I'm skipping on these pews. Da 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 da. Boop. I'm gonna be. Hey, can I be completely <laughs> honest with you, three Italian women? Listen, that kid's such a dick, but he is a phenomenal dancer. He's so good and talented, but like we're afraid if we like encourage him, he's gonna stop. <laughs> so we're just gonna keep letting him dance and be a dick. We call him the dancing dick. <laughs> In 2016. Oh, did you have a... No, okay. that was it. <laughs> In 2016, America was gripped by an overwhelming number of killer clowns. Hey, I remember Repo- this one. Yeah. Well, reports flooded in from all across the country of people dressing up like clowns and scaring unsuspecting citizens going about their business. Boo. Ah. Holy shit. It's because I'm a clown, huh? I scared you. No, it's because you fucking jumped out of nowhere. You're in my house. Get out. <laughs> no, uh, oh, this is breaking and entering. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. I am so sorry. I scared Jesus. you, though, didn't I? Yeah, well, because you were in my house. Right, right. I'm going to go. I'm sorry. God. Hey, do you think your neighbors would like this? You know what? Yeah, they would probably get a good chuckle. Oh, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. But this was nothing new for the residents of Chicago, as those old enough to have been in elementary school in the 90s could surely attest to the fear their communities felt at the mention of Homie the Clown. Homie the Clown was a character made popular by Damon Wayans on the show In Living Color. But in the year of 1991, he was a man in a van trying to lure children in so he could kill them or rape them. Okay, I'm going to push back. In 1991, Damon Wayans was not doing that. No, he wasn't doing that. Some other man was. Jesus Christ, Jose. I will not stand for this way No, 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 no. Slander. Reports flooded in from all around the city of a man terrorizing the children of various neighborhoods dressed as the infamous sketch comedy character. Police were forced to open an investigation on the matter and found it to be nothing more than an urban legend. But in 2008, schools would once again warn parents to be on the lookout for a man dressed as a clown trying to lure children into his van. Many point to this being the return of Homie the Clown, who seemed to refuse falling... Uh, who f- seemed to refuse... Uh, Falling into obscurity because homie don't play that. Which was the the catchphrase of the catch cloud. Of the cloud. It's, okay. You have to. I, I did it. send you a, a oh, clip yeah. of it. You'll have to watch it. It's kind of funny. It's real weird that they chose a, a Wayans clown. He was like really popular at that point. That character. It's well, like I how it, it. it's like if people dressed as Pennywise now. I guess, but yeah. like, but if I saw someone dressed as Pennywise, I'd be like, oh, he's a fan of the show, I guess. But what if he was like, what if he was like, <clears throat> hi, yeah, you want a balloon? What if he was just like doing that? Well, yeah, that's and then he that's was like, Ooh, in character. I'm gonna murder and eat you and rape you. <laughs> Everything but that rape part was completely in character for it to do. I'm oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna break into your house and then I'm gonna shred up your taxes. <laughs> I just um, you know what? You better give me one more example. Um. Um. Of, like, what he would be threatening to do? Yeah, absolutely. Keep doing the voice, mm. please. Ooh. Mm. It's me, Pennywise the Dancing Clown. Ooh, Mason, do you like it when your shoes are tied together? 
All right, give me. You better do it one more time. <sighs> Damn it! You're just. You're, this is. Okay, fine. <clears throat> do you like the circus, Mason? Ooh, the peanuts, <laughs> the popcorn, <laughs> the balloons. Uh, yeah, is that good? That was a threat. Oh, um, I'm gonna pop you like a balloon. Do it one more time. I don't like this. I don't. I don't <laughs> know what's going on. I don't. I'm gonna butter you up, and then I'm gonna eat you just like popcorn. I'm gonna eat your nice hairy butt. <laughs> Gross. Uh, Actually, no, no. <laughs> just southwest of Chicago, on Archer Avenue in Justice, Illinois, across the street from Resurrection Cemetery, sits a bar named Chet's Melody Lounge. Good name for a bar. Yeah. Chet's is your classic roadside tavern. Roadhouse. It's a roadhouse. Roadhouse. Patrick Swayze works there. Yeah. His ass cheeks hanging out. Dude, he never wore underwear in that movie a single time. I loved it. He was raw in denim. Yeah. In denim. Honestly, that's a better name for for that movie is raw Raw in in denim. denim. Yeah. That's pretty great. Karate. Just sweaty. <laughs> Just sweat Ugh. and skin chafing Ugh. up against denim. That's so gross. Chet's is your classic roadside tavern with com- complete with a pool table, jukebox, and a large clientele of bikers. But Chet's has an unusual tradition. Every Sunday, the staff leaves a Bloody Mary at the end of the bar for a ghost with the name of Resurrection Mary. Of blood? Nope. Legally, we can't say Legally, it. Resurrection <laughs> Mary. She has haunted this stretch of road since the 1930s, when she would pick up young men dancing to the big bands of the O. Henry Ballroom. <laughs> o. Henry. Specific. Yeah. Mary was first reported to have been sighted in 1939, when Jerry Paulus met a beautiful young blonde woman in a white dress while dancing in a ballroom. How you doing there, dame? Would you like to jump in my jalopy and we can go dance at the O. Henry Ballroom? I'm a ghost. Do you get up? Are you like tut- can I touch you? No. Get out of get out of my get out of my jalopy. <laughs> After dancing together all night, Jerry offered the young woman a ride home. She directed him down Archer Avenue before making him abruptly stop in front stop! of Resurrection Cemetery. Stop. I live here. You you live at the cemetery? Yeah. Well, that's where dead people live. On a second, are you a squatter? Where she then proceeded to get out of the car, walked up to the gates, and vanished into thin air. That's fun, though. Yeah, I want to. I'd love to do go dancing with a ghost one yeah. night. You yeah, know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, I would. I would just love to dance with anybody, you know. <sighs> but Jerry would hardly be the last man to have an encounter with this young woman. One of the most prominent sightings was reported in 1979 in the suburban Trib. Reporter Bill Geist interviewed a taxi driver named Ralph for an article titled Cryptic Rider Leaves Cab Driver with the Willies. Catchy title. Yeah. Ralph. That was the headline? Yeah. Nice. The taxi driver asked that his last name be withheld, but stuck to his chilling story. Ralph explained that he had picked up a young woman dressed in a white dress one evening who directed him down Archer Avenue. Okay, wait. Seriously, like I'm this is legitimate. Why does every woman Ghost have a white dress. Because they're a ghost. <laughs> yeah, but no, but seriously, why? Because uh, if you're a ghost, uh, none of the you're already so pale that you would like it'd be a stark difference. If you if it was a woman in a black dress, you'd be like, damn, that is a pale ass woman. You know what I mean? Fuck you. What? <laughs> no. Why? Why is it every? There's uh, never like man, because, man because ghosts they like are never described as being like white. Is, I, white I would tuxedo. Im- I would imagine it's because like white has to, is is um associated with like purity and a lot of these women die like in the prime of their lives before they could experience anything really okay sure i buy that but why don't men have anything then because we get to wear black and it's fucking awesome do they a lot of yeah a lot of men are their spirits are described in black oh yeah that just seems like some pointlessly gendered bullshit to me yes okay whatever. when you die and you become a ghost you can wear whatever you want Mason. i'm gonna wear that's gonna be fun uh, I can't wait. I'm gonna wear suspenders. Just no, suspenders? No shirt. Well, I gotta wear something. <laughs> pants. Kid just wears. Can wear a hula hoop. They don't. They don't. <laughs> they don't hook to anything. No, I'm gonna wear like suspenders and like briefs. <laughs> nice. And then, but socks and shoes too. Oh, and a yeah. hat. 
Okay, sick. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. She I'm was gonna dance around your head all night. <laughs> That's gonna be my ghost haunting thing. She was mostly silent except to remark that the snow had come early this year. Then she abruptly requested that the cabs stop in front of Resurrection Cemetery, causing Ralph to slam on the brakes. He looked away for a moment, and when she and when he when she when he turned around, she was gone. She didn't even pay. Exactly. <laughs> Completely vanished from the back seat. Ralph said that the moment made his blood run cold, saying, When I turned, she was gone, vanished, and the door never opened. May the good Lord strike me dead. It never opened. There have been... Okay, th- hey, listen, buddy, this is the line for the ATM. Do you, can you get some cash out, or can you leave? Cause it never opened. I, it never opened. She was gone. Oh, God. I closed my eyes. I opened my eyes. She was gone. Okay. Could you go, please? It never opened. Okay, I'm going to go to a different room. It never here. opened. Shut up. There have, of course, been countless other stories of this of this uh, vanishing hitchhiker or woman in white. The story behind the ghost girl varies, but the most accepted one goes as follows. Mary was out one evening with her boyfriend, but after growing upset with him, she left the O. Henry ballroom. Oh, Henry. Oh, Henry. I can't stop. As she was walking home alone, she was struck up, she was struck by an oncoming car and left for dead. Mary's parents later found her, and when they buried her, dressed her in a white gown and dancing shoes, and buried her in Resurrection Cemetery. Hey, listen, I know her daughter's dead, but should we dress her like an idiot for the death? Yeah, I think so. Okay, that sounds like a good idea. What about, like, okay, here's what I'm thinking. Yeah. A hat with all that fruit on it. (laughs) Right? One of those fruit hats? Yeah. And then, like, a Chicago Cubs t-shirt? And then This is why I'm leaving you, Larry. Okay, okay, okay. I get it. What about? What about? Larry. What about one of those little uh, hats with the little spinners on top? You're crazy, and our daughter's dead. Okay, fine. We'll do it your way, Louise. We'll do dancing shoes and a white ball gown. Yeah, okay. Sounds normal enough to me. The young woman's spirit then rose from the grave and wandered the cemetery, choosing to haunt her favorite dancing places. There have been many attempts to find validity to the story, with many researchers suggesting that the source for the legend could be Mary Bregovi, a 21-year-old woman who was killed in 1934 when the driver of the vehicle she was riding in crashed into a structure on the side of the road. See, that's why you just don't get in cars in 1934. Right? Yeah. Literally nothing is so far away that you can't just walk to yep. in 1934. Yep. You're not yeah. going anywhere that far. I agree wholeheartedly. And if you are, listen, 1934, I'm still going to be a horse guy. <laughs> hey, 2020, I, I'm still going to be a horse guy. I'd, I'd love a horse. Horses are fun. I need mine plops. Because <laughs> of his little poops. Another theory put forth is that Mary is the ghost of Anna Norcus. Well, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I know. This is the ghost of Anne. Her name is well, Mary. <laughs> well, this is why. Uh, whose devotion to the Virgin Mary led her to take the name Marija Lithuanian for Mary as her middle name. This is the ghost of Anne. Otherwise known as Marisia, which translates from Lithuanian <laughs> to English as Mary. Uh, uh, Norcus was also killed in an automobile accident in 1927 on her way home from an evening spent at the O. Henry Ballroom. Oh, I thought you were going to do the Oh Henry. Nope. No, no I'm not going to. The only problem oh, with Oh, Henry. The only problem with this with these theories is that Mary Bergovi was a brunette and Anna Norcus was 13 years old. And the ghost neither is ma- real. <laughs> neither matching the description of a blonde woman in her 20s. They also weren't involved in hit and run accidents, leaving the true identity of Resurrection Mary a mystery. Another interesting bit that should be mentioned, one night a man called the police to report what looked like a young woman trapped inside the locked Resurrection Cemetery late one night. When the police arrived to investigate, they didn't find anyone, but they did find the bars of the gate to the cemetery scorched and warped. Authorities chalked it up to an accident with maintenance, but could it perhaps have been the spirit of Mary who was trying to free herself? Why does she try to free herself if she can go to the ballroom whenever she wants? Why don't you shut the fuck up, Mason? Jesus Christ. Um, She seems to be the inspiration for the lady in white phenomenon and the vanishing hitchhiker, and actually a really good podcast that our Command Astonishing Legends did an in-depth series on the topic, which people should check out. They went... Do they answer why the fuck they're always in white? I think they do, actually. I think they they talk about it. The Show Me State of Missouri has quite a good amount of stories and inspired many urban legends. So, let's take a look at some of them. Let's have Missouri show us the stories. God damn it. Right? Is that any good? I want to stop doing the podcast. (laughs) 
There's a very popular urban legend about a, a rotting corpse underneath a hotel room bed that goes a little like this. A couple checks into a hotel room only to find it reeks a terrible stench. They complain to the front desk who apologizes and promises to clean it right away and sends the couple out on a complimentary uh, dinner. After the couple returns, they find the stench still remains. So they complain once, uh, uh, once more. Again, the hotel manager apologizes and sends his staff to clean the room with the strongest chemicals. Oh, I don't understand. Okay, so, but the, I mean, the cleaning people have to go into the room and be like, ha, oh, it does smell terrible in here. Yeah. Right? So why didn't they clean and be like, hey, boss, still smells like <laughs> shit up in that room. Ah, that's a good question. Still smells like shit in the dead body suite. <laughs> that's weird. They clean, they clean the sheets, the towels, and scrub the place from top to bottom, but are unable to find the source of the smell. When the couple arrives to their room, to find they find the stain after their second dinner of the yep, night. <laughs> they find the, the stench still there, uh, and the husband loses his mind and begins tearing God, the place apart. I'm sick of the smelly room. You take me to Branson, Missouri. <laughs> Jenna, you take me to goddamn Missouri, and we get in the room and it smells like shit in here. You know I hate it. God, two dinners. I'm gonna vomit. I got two <laughs> dinners of free dinners in me. I gotta come home to this smelly ass room. <laughs> ah! Determined to find the source of the smell himself. No, I'm gonna find it! I'm gonna find it! I'm gonna sniff every butthole in this hotel, <laughs> but I'll find it! He eventually decides to lift the mattress up and is horrified when he finds the remains of a woman stuffed into the mattress box. Oh, I found it. Gross. That's ew. <laughs> hey, Jenna, I uh, said, so listen, I, I, I lost my shit there, but I'm gonna be honest, this seems more serious than what it was. When I was losing my shit, I owe you an apology. Do you wanna make love on the bed? There's a fucking right, dead right, woman. Right, I forgot. I'm sorry. We should go get the police. Now, it turns out that across the United States, this is uh, um, this urban legend is based in fact. There's been multiple cases across the United States of this. You're welcome. But one of the most... <laughs> what? I said you're welcome for that. For, for, for what? The urban legend. You're welcome. Are you saying you murdered all those people? Hey, you can't incriminate yourself on podcasts, right? Yes, you can. Oh, then no, I'm not saying that, stupid. Jesus Christ. That's what I'm saying, right? That was a close call. Stop. You're going to go to prison. No. For what? This is a joke podcast. Everybody knows we're entertaining like no one's ever entertained before. Why are you calling my lawyer on your phone? Okay, Snoopy. Why don't you stay out of my business? God. Okay, yeah, so hey, I almost said that I killed all those people in front of me. Mason, we're still recording. Huh? You're speaking huh? into the oh, microphone. No, I'm not. Boop. <laughs> one of the most common case, one of the most um, famous cases occurred in 2003 in Kansas City, Missouri. On July 10th, 2003, a man checked into the Capri Motel and began complaining about a foul smell in the room. More like the Capri Motel. I was just, listen, I came to, uh, sir, excuse me, sir. This, yeah. Okay. Yeah? I came to this room because I was promised. All the Capri Sun that I could drink. And no, I get here. who promised you? I get here. Shut up. I get here. Who? First off. First off. Zero Capri Sun in my room. That's not why the- This is the Capri Hotel, and you will let me finish. So I get here. There's no Capri Suns in the hotel room. Also, my hotel room definitely smells like a dead body. We I don't, don't even care about the smell. I want the Capri Sun. <laughs> Where is it? We. I'll, I'm sorry. We'll get you a Capri Sun up there. Thank you. Also, uh, seriously though. Send someone up to take a look at that. It's stanky. <laughs> Management told him nothing could be done about the problem, and he spent three nights in the room before checking out after no longer being able to stand the Bull smell. Bullshit. Don't even get the fucking Capri Sun. I gotta sit here for three days. It smells like a goddamn dead body, and it gets stronger when I sleep on the mattress, which is weird, right? But anyway. <laughs> when the cleaning staff came up to the room, they lifted the mattress to find the body of a man in advanced stages of de decomposition. I love how So this like, was the real life. Yeah, I like how they were like, there's sorry, we can do. that's tough. Sucks for you. And then they're like, what? And then as soon as he's gone, he's like, hey, we should check under the mattress. I think there might be a dead person there. Listen, I've smelled... <laughs> hey, we should get... Where's that uh, Where's that cleaning guy who's been, who was a uh, homicide detective for 20 years? Hey, Ted. Hey, what's up? Hey, you were a homicide detective for 20 years, right? Yeah. And you know what a dead body smells like? Oh, do I. <laughs> I don't love your enthusiasm, but could you come take a sniff? Oh, oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Let me go get my stuff. Well, no, well, we don't need you to invest. Just I got to put on my special coat. All right. I'm okay. ready. Uh, you d okay. Does this room smell like a dead body to you? Mm. 
there's definitely a rotting corpse under that mattress. Okay, you know what? I'm starting to feel like we didn't actually need you to, to decide this. The call is coming from inside the house. Oh, what? These eight words have been spread among children for many decades and mark one of the most popular urban legends of all time. The story of the babysitter and the man upstairs. A story that has been repeated at slumber parties and sleepovers with someone always swearing that they know the sister of the person it happened to. Here's how the legend essentially goes. Jane was babysitting for the Millers for the first time. The Millers' kids, Bobby and Tiffany, were already asleep when Jane arrived. She was doing her homework at the kitchen table when the phone rang. Hello? Jane asked, but heard only heavy breathing in return. <sighs> Mason Schrader, is that you? Oh, hey. Hey, Jose. Sorry. Well, I was just, well, you know, breathing normally for mm-hmm. me. She hung Did up you want to get pizza later? Yeah, I'm definitely down for that. Okay, She bye. hung up the phone and walked to the front door to make sure it was locked. The phone rang again. Jane picked up and said, Hello? Have you checked the children? Said a low voice from the other end. I'm Confused. sorry, have I checked the chicken? <laughs> no. I didn't make chicken I, the, for dinner tonight. The, the children. The, hang on. <clears throat> hey, have you checked the children? Oh, no! Confused, Jane <laughs> asked who was calling, but the caller was gone. Fifteen minutes later, the phone rang again, and the caller asked the same question. Have you checked the children? Actually, I didn't in the last... You'd think I would have as soon as you asked that. But I didn't, because I'm an idiot. Jane knew she should go upstairs to check on Bobby and Tiffany. I actually knew that the last time you <laughs> called, but again, I'm a dummy, so... But her legs were too weak to safely climb the stairs. Oh, my jelly legs. <laughs> she... I can't make it up. Oh, these stairs. Oh, I'm so scared. <laughs> she called the Millers several times, but couldn't get a hold of them. Next, Jane called the operator to see if, she, if it was one of her classmates help. trying to frighten her. Help, help, I've got jelly legs, help! The operator asked her to, to hold while she traced the calls. When the operator came back on the line, she told Jane, Get out of the house now! I'll send the police! The calls are coming from inside the house. I can't get out of the house, my legs is jelly! <laughs> I've got jelly legs! I couldn't even make it up the stairs to check on the children! The legend, unfortunately, isn't just a story that was made up by your childhood best friend to terrify you at a sleepover. Oh no, I'm starting to feel like this may be offensive. (laughs) Yes, very. It is an unsolved murder case from the 1950s. The origin of the babysitter and the man upstairs is believed to be a murder that took place in the town of Columbia, Missouri, in March of 1950. Okay, you know what? I'm pretty sure there's like a rule where it's like 20 years after you can make jokes about it. Sure, Mason. Whatever makes you feel better. All right. 13-year-old Janet Chrisman had decided to skip a party and instead make some money by babysitting for a local family named the Romax. Okay, 13 is... No, no, no. Keep making fun of the 13-year-old who got brutally murdered and raped, Mason. It's less funny that she's 13. I'm gonna gonna be on record and say don't murder 13-year-olds. Yeah. The three-year-old boy she was babysitting was already asleep when she arrived. Little is known about what happened next, but we do know that Janet Chrisman was raped and strangled to death with an iron cord. Oh, shit. Yeah. The killer was likely someone she knew, and Janet had tried to call the police for help, but all they heard on the other end was screaming, telling them to come quick. But they were unable to trace the call. Soon after the phone call to the police, Mrs. Romack tried to call home to see how the night was going, but received a busy signal, yet thought nothing of it. Oh, I mean, it's just two children, so it's probably fine. Imagine in the 50s when they were like, oh, 13-year-olds are responsible. Here's the thing, right? I looked up this girl. I cannot believe she was 13. Did they, there was must have been something in in the in the water back then <laughs> that made thirteen year olds look like forty five year old women. Really? Look her up, um, Janet Chrisman. She looks like a forty th- five year old woman. It sucks that she got murdered, but oh my god, she's thirty. Right? Shut up. Right? She's thirty. Yeah, she does not look what? thirteen. It she's sucks for her, 13. and it sucks that her life ended this way. But she does not look uh, anyway. She is not 13. That's no. a full-grown adult woman. It was only when the Romex returned home that they realized where the busy tone had been. The phone was still off the hook. While nearby, Janet lay dead. Okay, Jose, it's insensitive and not funny. <laughs> off the hook? I don't know. I thought that was funny. The phone was still off the hook. Oh, God. Oh, man. The ur- And also, she was dead, so that's funny, too. <laughs> The urban legend and the murder case do differ in the fact that there is no evidence to suggest that the killer placed any calls to the Romac place that night. The Romacs found Janet's body at 1.30 a.m., with signs of a violent struggle taking place across two rooms. 
and thankfully their 30-year-old son was safe. Apparently having slept the whole thing. <laughs> okay, that's a heavy sleeper, yeah. I guess. Local police questioned dozens of men, but the most likely suspect was Robert Moeller. No, not that Robert Moeller. Oh, not, not, okay, thanks. Yeah. A friend of the Romacks. Mr. Romack testified that the 27-year-old Robert... <laughs> See, I was now I'm thinking of Robert Mueller. Uh, Mr. Romack testified that the 27-year-old Mueller had commented on Janet's well-developed form. Oh, gross. Yeah. I mean, she looked old. Yeah, but, but still. Like- but he knew she was 12. Or 13. Ugh. Yeah. Mrs. Romack also said that Mueller had run his, his hand across her dress two days before the murder. So he was a creep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mueller- I don't know what run his hand across her dress In- means. She was wearing the dress, Mason. I understand that, but... Let's believe the victims, all right? Whoa, oh, Jesus Jeez, Christ, okay. I'm not doing Come that. On. I'm just saying I don't know what that means. It's kind of like a... Put your hand up. Oh. You're looking so nice. Kind of like that. <laughs> that was really gross. Yeah. I'm literally going to call the police on you <laughs> right now. Muller was also known to carry a mechanical pencil that matched puncture wounds found on Janet's body. Oh, my God. But unfortunately... Police bungled the case against Mueller, and he walked free, leaving the area. To this day, Wait, the case remains unsolved. The police? They fucked it up. They, they fucked the it up. The police did? Yeah. I don't believe it. Well, here's I, yeah. Here's why I, it was so clearly, it was so clear that it was his man, and just because of how fucking dumb they were. I mean, in the 50s, remember how they used to just like, like not give a fuck about evidence or like collecting evidence or anything? The police? Yeah, when they used to do that. Ah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, good point. No, I was, you're right. This I was, one was, I was just I was just listening to the last podcast on the left episode, and they were talking about how after when Kennedy was shot, Secret Service agents just hosed down the car and destroyed evidence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I th- just think it's fun. I mean, at least back then, they may have bungled the case, but the police weren't the murderers. That yeah, that so is, that's, that's cool. Good, yeah. Remember when police weren't the murderers? They just. They would just remember when they committed like um, abortions of justice, but like only in the solving it phase, not the committing it yeah. phase. Yeah, good times. Uh. In St. Charles County, stood a building that would be the center of hushed, whispered stories of satanic rituals and other strange happenings. Fuck yes! This building was known as the Equidome. It stood. Equidome. Shut the fuck up. It stood on Highway 94. Originally built well, as a water treatment a, plant by the government in 1941 bu- to purify water used to make used to make TNT of the Weldon Spring Ordinance Works. Yes, go ahead. You can't build a building on a highway. No. It- <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Mason. You've got me. You, 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 did it. You, you did it. Its main structures consisted of an office building, two lime storage buildings, and a water tower. While in operation, it pumped between 20 and 40. 30 million gallons of water per day until it was shut down in 1946. But that was not the end for the building. It became a legendary hangout for young people, and then the rumor started. Sick. Yeah. Hey, Ro- we're just, we're going down to the old, t- oh, sorry, wait, hold on. Look it up, look at, so you can see what it looks okay. like. Okay, let me, uh, what's it called? Uh, Equidome. Equidome, Missouri. 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 That's a sick-ass looking yeah, building. Yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, hey! Hey, Jose, we're going down to the Equidome. Do you want to come? Um, yeah, sure. Oh, Jose, are you are you Shaggy from Scooby-Doo? <laughs> like, no, like what makes you say that? I'm going to, I'm uh, never, don't come. <laughs> like Zoinks, man. We don't, we don't want you there. <laughs> Rumors of satanic cults performing occult rituals and sacrificing animals within its cavernous chambers started. Okay. S- Listen. Yeah. Satanic things are cool. Animals don't sacrifice. Leave them alone. Mm-hmm. Okay. If I ever, I'm gonna get a goat one day, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna name him Baphomet. Baphomet. I got it. Yeah. Some dubbed the the um the place the Echo Dome, and others the Aqua Dome, until one day the names merged and it became known as the Echo Dome. Why? I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm sure it was. It was like a real cement building, so I'm yeah. sure it was echoey. Yes. But the Aqua Dome? Because it was a water treatment plant. Okay, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. All right. Be- <laughs> Fine. You guys got me this time. We got him, ladies and gentlemen. Congrats, Missouri. You got him. Missouri. Because of its decaying state, many accidents and even some deaths occurred here. 
For instance, a teen fell through a manhole and it was impaled on a steel spike. It, was it is believed Jesus that he survived. Jesus Christ. Yeah. He survived? Yeah, apparently. How deep was it? What do you mean? How deep was the manhole? How far did he how, how, how Fuck if I fall? know. I, okay. I didn't fall. All right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> also, I mean, I wouldn't call it a manhole. That's more of a spike hole. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Boy, it's a manhole because a man fell into it. A boy fell into it. A boy hole. Ooh. Uh, but not everything that happened in the Equidome was accidental. As lieutenant, <laughs> as lieutenant, a lot Craig, of accidental pregnancies probably happened in the Equidome. As Lieutenant Craig McGuire of the St. Charles County Sheriff's Department explained, we had assault, sexual assaults, even a case where a sniper uh, was in the tower and shot a past his wife as she was riding on Highway 94. Hey, uh, right, uh, sorry, uh, question. Yeah, um, that didn't fucking happen, right? Oh, it happened. The sniper part? Yes. I'm sorry. Bullshit. Shut nope. the fuck up. He did. Yeah. Okay, what? How? What? Because of stories like this, the Echodome grew in popularity, and the stories about it persisted until its demolition, which reportedly was a very tough ordeal, as the structure would just not fall. Like, they kept no, dude, I, trying to I knock it down. No, dude, I saw a picture of it. It's a... Thick building. Yeah, no, that's why. I mean, that's their explanation is it was like very sturdily built. Well, yeah, but like, no, it looked like They it. placed a shit ton of explosives inside, detonated, and it just shifted. <laughs> and they were like, what the fuck? <laughs> they even knocked uh, one of the t- the main tower, I guess. They knocked its base out from under it, and it just still stood on the rods. Just, I was just yeah. imagining it. They knocked the base off, and it just fell straight down. <laughs> and so it just was a little bit shorter, <laughs> but it was tower. still. That, and that marks the end of this first... Uh, um, of the second part of our Midwest uh, Urban Legends episode. Uh, but we're going to be splitting in this episode, the second part of the Midwest, we're going to be splitting into two episodes just because we don't want to go over time like we did with the last one where it was nearly two, it was more than two hours. Right. So we're, we only did the three states of um, Illinois, Indiana, and Missouri in this part, and we're going to be coming back next. Next week, the second half will be released, which will be Kansas, um, Nebraska, and Ooh. Iowa. Yes. And, um, yeah, so make sure to check in, uh, the upcoming Monday for that. Uh, so let's wrap the show up, Mason. Um, that was me wrapping it up. Yeah, I know. Uh, (laughs) If you you. like the show, if you like the show, make sure to leave a five-star review, which you can do in-app. We'd really appreciate it. Plus it really helps the show. And And it makes us feel good about ourselves. I said this last week too, but it does. It does. It does. Plus we read your review on the show, just like we're going to do with P. Andrew Alomar, who writes, I listen to this every morning on my morning commute to work, and it never disappoints. It's such an interesting podcast, and the voice adds a great feel to the podcast. 10 out of 10 would recommend this to friends and family. Oh. Thanks again, P. Andrew. Thanks, Mom. I mean, shit. P. <laughs> Andrew. You can also support the show by going to patreon.com slash captainslogcast and donate a dollar, or similarly, you can also donate whatever amount you'd like on Venmo by Venmoing j-vaya27 j-v-a-l-l-e 27 anything else keeps the light on the lights on and remember if you donate it all goes towards improving the show getting better recording equipment better chairs so that our butts don't hurt and um if, but if those options don't float your boat there is another way you can help out the show you can click the amazon affiliate link in the episode description and buy whatever you might get on amazon and we get a kickback from it at no cost to you uh, I'm recommending the the movie The World's End this week uh, because I just went back and rewatched it. And it's great. Everyone should go check it out. Uh, but if you don't want to get that, you can buy anything you want as long as you click through our link. You are helping us in the easiest way possible. So go do that. Yeah. Mason, where can people find you? Um, I Actually, I was just thinking about this. I'm going to go ahead and throw this out here. If I can get... If I get 150 followers on Twitter from doing this podcast, I will... Start using Twitter again. Woo! I've got a Twitter, and, and it's he'll be and he'll be way more depressed than he normally is because it, Twitter. It's probably got forty followers on mm-hmm. it. I think. Okay. If it gets if I get up to one hundred and fifty, I will start tweeting. Yes, and then, that's what the world needs. And then I'm gonna say every uh, every fifty followers after that, I'll put out a tweet. Sick. All right. Well, you can all follow me on Instagram at j.vaye underscore junior and the show on Twitter at Captain's Logpod. We recommend movies on there and post show updates and tweet some occasionally funny things, so go check it out. Uh, if you can't, uh, don't feel like you've gotten enough of Jose and I too, soon we will be having a new show out called Dunces and Dimwits. Yes. Uh, and if you really want to see our faces, it'll be a video thing on YouTube. 
uh, where we're going to be playing a little Dungeons and Dragons together with, uh, with some other friends. Having um, never played Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, you will be able to find that on YouTube. It'll be on a channel named Dunces and Dimwits. And then I'm assuming um, it'll be available in audio format. Yes, and we will also release that on audio form under the same name, Dunces and Dimwits. So you're able to be find that everywhere podcasts are sold. I mean, they're free. It was yeah, a, like a yeah. I got it. Okay. You can also subscribe on YouTube, where you can find me as Jose Vaya Jr., Animal Productions, and of course, the show's official YouTube channel, Captain's Log. I am. I didn't mention this. I'm Mason Schrader on Twitter. M a s o n s h r a d e r. I feel like it's important to point that out. People think I have a C in my name. I don't. You have a C in your name? No. God, stop. Oh. Make sure to tell your friends and family about the show if you enjoy it, and if you'd like to tell us about how we missed a bunch of details about a certain story, or if you totally know someone who was pulled underwater by the hairy, thick, veiny, green arms of a clawed beast in the Ohio River. Yeah, or if you you ever knew a 13-year-old who was brutally murdered. Yeah, please do so uh, by writing in to captainslogcast at gmail.com. You can also suggest episode topic. I uh, guess you'd like to have back, etc. Make sure to subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, and any other podcast directory. Thanks to Max Benyon for composing the show's theme. And with that, everybody, we have reached the end of our show. Tune in next time at the same time and on the same frequency for another episode. I've been your captain, Jose Vaya Jr., joined by First Mate Mason Schrader. With a C. And God, this, it's not with a C! And this has been Captain's Log. End of transmission to the little pew. Welcome to the ASMR hour of me putting on a jacket.